0: Take five. Welcome to her fantasy football, the one-stop shop for all of your fantasy needs. You can find us at blog Talk radio and on iTunes. Make sure to take your chance to, for to ask your dying questions to us on Twitter at her fantasy FB and on Facebook/ slash her fantasy Football. Also, make sure to subscribe to us at HerFantasyFootball.com. We have our new rankings up.
1: Woo!
0: It's July. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby.
1: And I'm Ashley Williams.
0: And I'm Brandon Marianne Lee. That intro did not go as smooth as I had planned. No? I had a thing, and then I looked away. My thing went up in there. It was so the chance was thing.
2: About.
0: You know, yeah, I just I just, I just, walked away. I walked away from it. Right in mid, mid-sentence. mid Can't do that. Cannot do you that.
2: You could restart it uh, sound-wise if you wanted. No, it's
1: fine. It's over okay. now. Okay. It's okay. over. Put it out
2: there. <laughs> It's just an
1: intro. It's just
0: an intro. It's all. I
1: mean, it sets the entire tone for the show, so the show is boop, but you know, we're good.
0: Right. Other than that. <laughs> totally Can we stop the recording and just we'll start a far. new YouTube? Can <laughs> we move forward? Can we just, we like, cut it. it all out?
1: Can Let's you just do keep that? Rolling. Everyone's, I'm sure, enjoying this completely useless conversation about how your intro is fine. It was bad. Anyways, it was mm-hmm. the 4th of July. It's
0: probably because I'm still hungover. We're going to blame you. all your on fingers, that. so that, that counts for something. I do have all my fingers. It's true. And no reports of anybody losing their fingers, correct?
1: Not that I heard of.
2: In the no. National Football League, at least.
1: Well, correct. Think that's I posted what I mean. I like five messages saying, stay safe out there. Stay safe out there. Just out of fear that people were going to blow their fingers off again this year.
0: And we're just talking about people, really, that we want to draft on our fantasy team.
1: Right. The, the rest of you can be else. reckless. <laughs> yeah. You do
0: what you. You do whatever you
1: want. I guess that's freedom. It's <laughs> <That's> freedom. It's <laughs> freedom. You want to hold fire. Did you see the guy that did like um, Iron Man arms? Who would like, taped fireworks to his arm to shoot them off out of his hand. No. No. Crazy. Oh, no. That's that's upsetting.
0: Did yeah. you see that old video where they were like lighting the fireworks and then the little uh wiener dog came up and took the firework as it was going off and was like shooting everybody <gasps> around and <in> the... Yeah. <gasps>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like that's shooting terrible. out of his mouth as he's like running around and everybody's like running trying to take cover. <laughs> it's like the scariest a wiener dog's ever been. There
1: lock you up know. your kids,
0: lock up your wife, lock up your wiener dogs. July. <laughs> it's Fourth of July, people. Oh, uh, if you are new to our show, my sisters and I will help you get ready for your draft, for your fantasy, and we have a draft in what six days? Couple days, yeah, yeah, Ooh. pretty soon. First draft of the year scary. As I mentioned earlier, we have our first preseason rankings up on HerFantasyFootball.com, so make sure you go over there. We'll get our cheat sheet going here soon, too, so you can use it on your fantasy drafts. Um, Also, we're here to answer your questions, so get on Twitter, HerFantasyFB, and we'll answer them right now if you are watching us on YouTube. Um, you can also tweet us directly at our own personal handles at CourtneyHerFFB, at AshleyHerFFB, and at BrandonHerFFB. Enough about us. Let's get into some football. This week we're going to break down some of our favorite guys by position and some of our not so much favorite guys. Um, so we're going to start off with the quarterback position. Why not? It's, it's a goodie. It's a goodie. Ashley, give me three quarterbacks that you either like or dislike. Going into the 2016 season,
1: so I'm going to start off with my favorite, Russell Wilson. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I've always had a very complicated relationship um, with him, and I get to congratulations, Russell. He just got married. Just got married, exactly. Congratulations! Congrats. By the way, MILF
2: Money is a smoking hot video if you haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it.
1: She's smoking hot. I think she's one of my girl crushes. She's irrationally. Mm-hmm. She, she is irrationally hot. Like over whatever. Like I'm I not even
2: s- making sentences.
1: <laughs> Depends on the guys. day. I'm like, Check man, I wish I had her hair. God, her jawline is good. And then like today I was just like, man, her collarbone is on point. And I'm like, I, I'm vying after her collarbone? Yes, I did. She's hot. So congrats, Russell Wilson. You <laughs> um, won out this- on that one, buddy. He did. I hope that makes he still be good this year.
2: Not that it's only looks that matter, but just FYI,
1: she's just yeah, it worked out. <laughs> Enough <Yeah. laughs> <She's laughs> about how hot she is. Yeah, um, but she's I get to cover like, him well. again this year, so I'm sure all Seahawk fans out there are wishing I did not draw that team again. But last, I have them, and I I have. Very conflicted feelings about him again this year, but I feel like I'm a little bit more on the up and up. So I feel like our relationship is moving forward, so this is good. Um, We have him right number three, which at first glance I immediately think was too high. Because, again, I'm pessimistic when it comes to Russell Wilson. (laughs) But if if, if you look at last year's rankings, he came in as the third highest quarterback. And you might say, well, yeah, yeah, but he threw for the most yards and he's ever thrown ever in any other season. And you'd be correct. But if you look at 2014, he also was the third highest ranked quarterback. Um, It just he ran a little bit more that year. Last year he threw a little bit more. Um, And so I think he's right on point with exactly where he should be. And I... Ironically, he's going third on the ADP when you look at just the quarterback position as well. So if you want him, you're going to get him. He's going in the fourth round overall, but I think he's a good pickup. I think he's clearly proven that no matter which offense they're going to throw at him, whether it's a high-focused running game or if it's actually going to be passing, that he can get it done. So I have finally come to terms with Russell Wilson. This is a big day for Russell Wilson. This has got to be the second-best thing beyond getting married to Sierra for him, I'm sure.
2: Right, right. <laughs> uh, got the
1: Ashley Williams approval. Yeah. And it's like Whoa. long time coming, Russell. Long time. Uh, but I also think Eli Manning and Philip Rivers are good picks. Eli came in as the tenth highest scoring quarterback last year, um, and not only does he have OBG to throw this year, but he's got Sterling Shepard as well. So I feel really good about that. Rivers, I think, is going to have a bounce back year. He was the twelfth highest scoring quarterback. But the Chargers couldn't quite seem to pull it together and get into a groove last year. They just—they
0: had no players. They lost the whole offense.
1: Yeah, their offensive line is terrible. That's terrible. But they were just all all over the board. But I like that they added Travis Benjamin into the mix. I think it could be really interesting fantasy-wise. Because even if they don't win a lot of games, because I'm not saying they're going to be good as a team, I think Phillip is usually able to still put up some pretty good numbers. And I think with the addition of Travis Benjamin, it's going to open up Keenan Allen a bit. I think it could be really interesting. And their value is really good. You can get Eli in the ninth round and Rivers in the tenth. Borderline eleventh. So if you're looking to do a little bit more of a later draft on the quarterback, I think they're two really good viable options. I'm with you, Ashley. I love Rivers this year. I really do. Although
0: his, the defenses he's going up against have only improved. But True. he's going to have quite the supporting cast. And you're right. The fact that they don't have an offensive line and they're probably going to be playing from behind means he's going to be throwing the ball a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm okay with that. I don't care if they win the game.
1: The team need, won't do well.
0: Yeah. I just need him fantasy points. That's right. No. Well, with my teams, I only have three quarterbacks in the top 15 And two of them are 1 and 2, Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not going to sit here and chat about how great Cam Newton and Aaron Rodgers are. Clearly, everybody has them ranked 1 and 2. So we're going to move on from there. My third quarterback that I have in the top five or 15 is Blake Bortles. And I will talk about him. His ADP right now is 77, and I really do think, you guys, it's going to drop over the next month. I think it's going to be even lower than that come late August. Early September, whenever your draft is. Um, and there's some reasons why. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how Jacksonville's defense has only gotten better this offseason. And I will get into that later when we talk about defenses. But that means mm. that the offense isn't going to have to do as much to get the W's. The majority of Blake Bortle's fantasy points came when he was down. So he felt like he had to throw. And that's where he got all his fantasy points that's not going to be the case this year because they're going to have a defense that's going to support them. So that's not great. What else is not good is that they got Chris Ivory this offseason, and he's not necessarily the highest receiving running back that there is. He only had 30 receptions last year, and Yeldon only had 36. So I don't think he's going to be necessarily passing the ball to his running backs either. Um, So that's not my favorite thing. Uh, Bortle rushed for 52 times last year, and he fumbled five times. So one out of the 10 times that he had the ball rushing, he fumbled the ball. That's not good. So therefore, he probably is going to rush less than 50 times this year. So there goes all those fantasy points. Not good at all. And then there's the schedule. Between weeks 10 and 15, the Jaguars will face the Broncos, the Bills, the Vikings, and Houston twice. That's not what you want at the end of the season when you're looking for a championship. So, yeah. although I do love Bortles, <laughs> he's just not my favorite quarterback this year. Mm. But if he drops low enough, and you like, are somebody who likes to invest in quarterbacks, which I am not, I like to wait until mid-rounds and get other quarterbacks, um, not spend so much money on the Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newtons of the world, Um You could possibly get him as a quarterback, too. And if that's the case, I would totally draft him. But I do not want Bortles as my quarterback one this year. I cannot get behind it. Um, A man that you can, um, yeah, that you can late in rounds that I do love is Tyrod Taylor. Nobody is talking about him. He is going the 17th quarterback or 18th quarterback off the boards. We have him ranked as the 17th quarterback. (laughs) He rushed 100 times and only fumbled. So, yeah. Those are the odds that I like. Mm-hmm. He has great ball control. He only threw six interceptions, although he didn't completely throw a lot compared to other quarterbacks. That's still a low amount of interceptions compared to a lot of other quarterbacks. So he has great ball control. And I believe that in his receivers as well, not just Watkins, but I love Robert Woods this year. <clears throat> Another guy that people aren't talking about. And then there's Len- Leonard Hankerson, too. And two out of the five touchdowns McCoy got were receiving touchdowns. <clears throat> so there's Tyrod Taylor. There you go,
2: too. So those are my quarterbacks. Anyways, Brandon, how about you? Well, um, I think Tom Brady is going to be suspended for four games, and I feel like no one understands this anymore. I, I Think it's going <laughs> to stick? Think it's going to stick? I, I just feel like I have to be a responsible citizen and – rank him as such accordingly. doesn't stick. If it doesn't stick, sure, I'll bring him up. Why not? I have him ranked 14 and I'm low on him. Low. People love him. Here's my problem with Tom Brady. At the end of the season last year, his numbers nosedived and it was injuries, but it was also his offensive line. It could also be his age because I know everyone wants to think he's invincible, but there's a possibility that Things are happening. We saw it happen with Peyton Manning. I mean, life happens. I'm not judging. It just is what it is. So unless you're in a 14-team league, which is why I put him at 14 exactly, I don't think he should be your number one quarterback. I think he should be a great value pick, but he's not going as a value pick. He's going earlier than that. So I just can't get behind that. Kirk Cousins can't get respect. What is going on? (laughs) How many people, and I want you to raise your hand, I won three championships with Kirk Cousins Did you? Yes, last season. I didn't have any legs I I won one
0: of mine with Kirk Cousins
2: on and off There you go. I'm telling you this guy I I don't know what he needs to do. I don't know what he needs to do. He had the second highest accuracy (laughs) percentage at 78.5. Now what that is is that it's a metric that takes away throwaways and spikes Okay. He c- completed 78.5% of his aimed throws. The only person with a higher percentage was Teddy Bridgewater because he never throws. Yeah. It's almost I mean, it's almost unfair. I almost didn't even say that out loud. I almost just gave him the crown because it's that. Ridiculous. He threw 29 touchdowns to only 11 interceptions. Only Tom Brady and Russell Wilson had a better percentage between their touchdown and interception ratio. Overall, he was the 10th highest scoring fantasy quarterback in standard scoring. And that is without any of your weird bonuses for whatever kind of thing that you have in a league. But Standard scoring, 10th highest. And he started off slow. Also, there was a huge divide between his home games and away of games. I think he'll be about there again, which is why he's ranked at, yes, number 10. I think that's what he is. He's the 10th ranked guy, but you can get him way lower. So celebrate. Also, Matthew Stafford could be a steal. Now, I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I have him at 16, which means that I think that he is a high-end quarterback to in a two quarterback league or if you decide to back up your quarterbacks which by the way, based on the injuries from last season, you probably did want to back up your quarterback and or stream two different quarterbacks. Not a bad way to go. Now Calvin Johnson's gone, true, but I like Golden Tate. and I think actually Eric Ebron is going to have a big uptick in his usage. He has a big body, he can be in the end zone and before he got hurt he was actually having a really good season. So. He's been up and down, but if he can stay healthy, I feel good about him. I want Abdullah to play better as a sophomore, which usually happens. Um, and I think that will happen, actually. I also want to see the team in pads before I go all in on this prediction. But let's put it this way. I like Jim Bob
1: Cooter, and I like saying his name. Got to get it at least every Cooter. show got to get Jim Bubcooter Cooter in. I feel like it's my personal responsibility. I'm a fan of streaming quarterbacks. Honestly, a lot of the championships I've won have been when I've been streaming quarterbacks. I don't go for the top one, too. I go for those middle-round picks, and I 100% play first matchup.
2: If I had a Kirk Cousins-Stafford streaming situation, I'd feel great.
1: Great. Yeah.
2: Or Tyrod Taylor. We'll throw him in there.
0: Yeah, I think that... I think, yeah, if you had a Kirk Cousins-Matthew-Stafford combo... I mean, I don't know when their buys are but offhand, but... That's money. That's money to me. Get it together. Get it together. Well, this year the trend (laughs) is to draft wide receivers first. So we're going to go right into the wide receivers and talk about them. Which few wide receivers, Brandon, are you trying to draft this year?
2: Well, I love actually being at the beginning of the draft for the first time in a long time because at the beginning of the draft I'm taking Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., or Julio Jones, and I feel great about it. To me, those are the one, two, and three. Um, Some people switch up Odell Beckham Jr. and Julio Jones, but to me, that's the order. Uh, And I believe Antonio Brown is the number one pick regardless of your format. I don't care if it's standard PPR or weird people standing on their heads. Antonio Brown is the standard, most steady, awesome fantasy option you can have. In my opinion, you cannot go wrong. He is the guy. 1499 yards or more over the last three seasons. He had eight touchdowns three seasons ago. And in the last two years, he's had back-to-back double-digit touchdowns. And that's even with a Michael Vick Landry
0: weirdness yeah. happening. For well, his fantasy there. points definitely went down when Vicky was behind center, but it's like but the, the most consistent yeah. offense With when Ben is on the field sure. it is the most consistent offense
2: there is. But I'm saying he still got over 1,500 yeah. yards and double-digit touchdowns, even with Ben Roth's yeah. being out with those terrible yeah. games. I think in one game, I think he had zero points, right?
0: Something so Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had one reception.
2: Like one reception. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so even with that... He did what he did. So I say stick with him. Um, I also want to watch the preseason to see uh, who's going to be the wide receiver two in Pittsburgh now that Martavis Bryant is suspended. We've discussed this previously on her fantasy football. Martavis Bryant, um, you know, substance abuse issue uh, that he's actually going to rehab for, and he has decided not even to contest the season-long Uh, suspension so that he can get help Uh, he has some issues you know mental health issues on top of that we wish him the best of luck Uh, it's going to be Marcus Wheaton which we have at 48 or Sammy Coates we have him at 63 so far it's up in the air Um, but there are fantasy points to be had there so I'm thinking about it and then wide receiver one Golden Tate also could not get respect he's going in the fourth or fifth round depending on how many people you have in your team or in your league, uh, three seasons of at least 800 yards without logging more than 100 catches?
1: On a team with was team with Megatron, the or last two.
2: Or on a team like Seattle that didn't throw, throw Wilson Wilson was a quarterback until last year. I mean, literally, I don't know how this guy got 800 <laughs> yards. I know that normally that's not impressive, but based on his circumstance and the context, it's very impressive. Now, he's going to get that big bump in targets. I feel like he's going to get a big bump in production. So we have him at 25. I like him there.
0: I like him there, too. Me, too. You know, I'm going to go down the rankings a little bit here with the wide receivers. I don't have Antonio Brown or ODB or Julio Jones or A.J. Green <laughs> on right. any of my teams. So I'm just going to move all right right on down past all of those starters um, that you're clearly going to draft because... Of course. And I'm with Brandon Antonio Brown, I think, has to be first off the board. Number one. Number one. Number one. But I'm going to go down and I'm going to go talk to somebody a little bit deeper here. And Kevin White, you guys. If you don't listen to a lot of fantasy football stuff or read a lot of fantasy football stuff, people, you're going to forget about Kevin White because he didn't play all year last year when he, in his rookie season. But you have to remember that he was drafted only a few spots behind Amari Cooper he is a talent you guys Amari Cooper's ADP right now is 22 and White's is 80 so the value is there for a guy that potentially could be another stellar wide receiver too for a team and we all know how Decker and Cobb and Emmanuel Sanders and Alan Hearns has treated us throughout these years it's great so Kevin White could be one of those guys so I'm into it I think another great value pick is Jordan Matthews Um, I would have never said that because he was on Chip Kelly's team last year but now that Chip Kelly is gone I'm into it he saw over 60 targets in each of his last um, two seasons and eight touchdowns, so it's been very consistent, his two seasons. I think he's going to do more this year even. I really do. I don't know if he's going to get necessarily more targets, but I think that the play calling is going to be more conducive to him and his style. So I'm hoping that that is going to be the, the case. His ADP is
2: 71. I like that you're no. saying this because the whole fantasy community is really down on him right now. I and know. The whole thing is, like, let's beat up Jordan Matthews. And I'm like, okay, but I don't see anyone else there who's going to really overtake but, him Yeah, no what? one. No. I mean, Nelson Avalor is, like, I mean, if he's not a rapist,
1: um, yeah. going Details. to rape. Can write. I, it's sidetracked. I was randomly watching Wags or whatever, like, Wives and Girlfriends uh-huh. or whatever, and one of these girls, I'm like, who in the world is her husband? And it was a wide receiver on the on Philip from the Eagles. And I'm like, I have never heard of this dude ever. This guy clearly has no value. Which shows you Jordan Matthews is the only dude. He's the only dude.
0: Well, and a lot of people think it's because it's, it's of Chip Kelly's offense that why Jordan Matthews was successful, right? Now that Chip Kelly's gone, Jordan Matthews isn't going to be that way. The new coach is more of a run guy, whatever. I I, I don't think so. I think that Jordan Matthews is going to be in the best spirits now that Chip Kelly is gone. And I feel like he's going to have yeah. more consistent play calling. And I think Bradford is trying to show what he has to keep his job, right? So I think that the two of them are going to connect a lot. The value you're getting out of, out of a number one wide right receiver for, you know, he's going to be your second, third, Wide receiver on your team, I think it's great. I just yeah. I really enjoy it, you know. Um, and then I have the no, two back kids. Yeah, I have the two back comeback kids, Jordy Nelson and Calvin Benjamin. Um, you know, both were out last year, so it's going to be a toss up. But what that means is that I just love Randall Cobb because Randall Cobb was awful last year as that number one wide receiver, and when he goes into the number two position. It's going to be so much better, and he's a lot less expensive than Jordy Nelson, who is going to get more fantasy points than Randall Cobb. I'm not saying that he isn't, but the the value is there. The value is there. If you're late in that first round and you have to take a running back, you feel like you have to take a running back, Randall Cobb is still going to be available, and he'll be good. Good money. Good money. Ashley, what about you?
1: Well, there's the obvious ones in terms of OBJ, Brian Marshall, and A.J. Green, but we're not going to talk about them because, again, it's beyond obvious. Um, But DeAndre Hopkins, who also should be obvious if you haven't been watching football. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) he has been a stud on a bad team for a while. A while. I mean, here's the deal. He is the sixth highest scoring wide receiver last year, and he's played with much worse quarterbacks than Brock Eisweiler. I think Brock will lean on him, and they will make sweet magic. I think it's going to be you think Osweiler is capable of Sweet Magic? I think DeAndre Hopkins is capable of Sweet Magic. That's true. And you're I think the, that that. he <laughs> will make Brock look better than Brock might possibly be. Um, but, you know, he's going ninth overall, so I think it'd be wise to take him around the turn because, again, he puts up really good numbers, and you can get him potentially in the top of the second round. So I I think that he's... He's definitely a really good value pick. And, again, I do think Brock has the capability to throw and that he's had all postseason to work with him. I think I think we got a good shot. DeAndre Screw Hopkins Brock. Makes plays.
0: DeAndre Hopkins is quarterback proof. He is proof That's, that's what I'm saying. He's quarterback he's proof. He's quarterback right. proof. It does not matter who his quarterback is. Brock, Schmock, it does not matter. DeAndre Hopkins does what he needs to do. As long as he keeps throwing the ball to his direction somewhere. This is
2: the thing. This is why I love her fantasy football. Because all of the fantasy community right now is down on Jordan Matthews, down on DeAndre Hopkins, wham, wham, wham. And so what happens is, is that people let these guys drop in the draft. Okay, cool. I will just sweep those back up, you know? Because like, I mean, give me a break. He's like, the guy was round one fantasy production, and I can get him in round two or three. Yeah. Okay, I mean, to okay. Me, like, we're not saying we want to take them. We're not saying they're Antonio Brown. They're not Antonio Brown. They're never going to be Antonio Brown. Let's just get that out of the way. But um, they're still worth something. And I I mean, just don't get too tied up in June and July where people don't even have pads on yet. Look at
1: the numbers. I chalk Houston up with, like, the Rams where you have to really rack your brain. You'd be like, okay, wait, who was the quarterback? Uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He still puts up numbers yeah, and he's yeah. proven it for the last like, three years. So again, you don't care. You don't care you draft him. No. And you hope that people don't think he's going to do well and continues to drop down so you can get another good pick and he's actually like your second wide receiver you pick up. That's what you're hoping for. Yeah. Keenan Allen. This one's an interesting one for me. He's a potential guy that you could get much lower than the potential output would be worth. So again, some good value. But the guy has had a couple ruffle years with injuries. And he fell just within the top 50 wide receivers last year and the year prior. He came in around the 46th top wide receiver the past two years. Uh, again, we had some injury issues. So that, you know, but that does still put him in that wide receiver two situation. And with the addition of Travis Benjamin, as we talked about earlier, should open Allen up even more as teams have double teamed him the last few years. So. Now that they have another downfield threat, this should open things up, and it could be a really fantastic tandem this year. Now, we have him at 14, which is too rich for me. I'm not drafting him as my 14th wide receiver, just for the fact that, again, injury-prone. But I do think he's a good guy to have on your bench, because when healthy, he's fantastic. Now, he's going in the third round, and that's, again, a little too dicey for me, but... Again, depending on having your stash him on your bench, if he's healthy, he's fantastic. And especially because I think Rivers is going to air it out a bit. So Laquan Treadwell is uh, a newbie that we have nothing to go off of, but he was the best receiver out of the draft. And he comes to a team who needs a receiver desperately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He will definitely be used abundantly in their offense, and you can get him in the 11th round, which I think is a potential steal because I think he's going to come to life midseason, if not earlier, um, and so I think he's going to be a fantastic pickup. Just be patient. Be patient. Don't just drop him because he's not giving you numbers week one, two, three. He's not going to. He's a rookie, but he could do really well by mid, mid-season. That's right.
2: Which we haven't done a drafting show yet, but that's one of our her fantasy football theories is that you don't have to draft, draft rookies because some idiot in your league is going to drop them in week three and then you pick them up. Because that's actually when they're valuable. It's true.
0: That's it's how true. you.
2: That's how you get it done. It's right.
0: Look at ODB. <laughs> ODB like was on the waiver wires. His oh, yeah. rookie year. You know? Can you believe that? I mean, that's the thing. Because he was so. injured,
2: so I was like, I'll take him. Right.
0: That's right. And so people just don't think about it. They drop him because they can't keep the space, and it's like that's no, mm mm. Don't do that. Well, as we just said, the fantasy. Uh, Wide receivers can really help you, but wide receivers can really hurt you too. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like uh once I'm burned with you, it's like it's over. It's yeah. It's one position I don't mind just kicking you off my team. That's it. Perfect. You burn me twice in a row, I'm done with you. <laughs> except uh, for Rod Streeter love. Except for Rod Streeter. Yeah. Usually wasn't even on my team. I just loved him. Uh, <laughs> so who are the wide receivers that you want nothing to do with this preseason?
1: So I've already talked about Victor Cruz on previous shows about how you have to wait and see him running in full speed, in pads, getting hit. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to chat about him any further, as I've already expressed many times, to be patient and not, over, not draft him until you see something. Um, but Cordella Patterson has had some buzz this offseason, and it just kills me because I would just love a season where I don't even have to say his name. Is this possible? Mm-hmm. Can I just Hi. not mention his name for an entire season, but again, we got the buzz coming, you know. Um, but he's not <laughs> someone that I will pick up until I see a real difference on the field. He fell out of favor with Coach Zimmerman. Um, sorry, Coach Zimmer, last season, and he was relegated to special teams for the most part, being you know dropped out of a wide wide receiving starting position. Uh, he's rumored to have bad work ethic and an inability to run the right routes, which is slightly important as a wide receiver to be able to learn and run routes properly. Um, but he's always hyped up and he always under delivers. And so I just, I can't do it. I don't care what kind of good news is coming out. And I hear that his work ethic is better and he's doing a better job running routes. That's all great and well. I don't care and you shouldn't care. And don't just scratch <laughs> his name off your little cheat sheet and our cheat sheet when you get it. Just scratch it off. Don't even look at it. Don't even think twice about it. I don't care what you're hearing. Don't pick him up. It'll be nothing but misery for you. Sorry for that rant. Uh, Brand Raffel is another one that I probably will be ranty about because Oh, I am too.
0: I like Brandon Lafell. I'm I'm very conflicted.
1: I'm more conflicted about this than my own like Russell Wilson feelings, but so Mm -hmm. I actually think he's got great value in the fact that his ADP is two hundred and eighty six. Because who wants because (laughs) (laughs) It basically means not only would he not be drafted in normal draft, but if you had, like, 40 people, he still would not be drafted. That's what that basically means. But the problem <laughs> is he is capable of a big game, but he's also proven to be super dropsy, just drops 50% of his passes. Like, so if you're okay picking up a guy, who's going to drop 50% of your passes, and Brandon Fels your guy. Uh, but at the same time, this wide receiver, too, in Cincinnati has proven to always do well right? Mohamed Sanu did well for seasons when he was wide receiver two. Again, we're talking wide receiver two numbers, not wide receiver one numbers. Marvin um, did great. So there's potential for someone to do really well opposite side of AJ Green. Uh, it's just a problem. is He's also got Tyler Boyd to contest with, who has been a big name being thrown around in camp right now. Um, and, and what makes me want to put him in this avoid section as well is that he's one of these players that just teases you on your bench. There's certain guys that you know, you know are kind of capable. And so when the, when the day comes you gotta start your lineup, they just tease you, they just like staring you down, they're staring in your face like, put me in, put me in, coach. And then you put them in and they zero out on you. And then you leave them on your bench and they get like 15 points the next week. And I don't like having those guys on my bench because it just makes me feel bad like I can't make good decisions. And so just don't even pick them up. That's the first good decision you can make.
0: All right, I just want to put this out there. Dropped passes. Number one, obviously, is Mike Evans, right? Because he gets more targets than Brandon LaFell. So we know that's going to happen. It's Mike Evans, right?
2: Numero uno.
0: Numero uno. But number two is Brandon Marshall. Number three doesn't matter. Number four was Amari Cooper. Number five was Demarius Thomas. Number seven was Julius Edelman. uh, Michael Crabtree. But they have more volume than uh, Brandon LaFell. Well, I'm going over people who don't have much volume. Ted Ginn Jr., obviously. That was a mess if you watched him in the last three games of the season. Um, Martavius Bryant, uh, Jeremy Langford, Devontae Freeman, um, Devontae Adams, Tyler Eifert, and then it's Brandon LaFell at 15.
1: But he only has 69 targets. Just he saying. Did, he didn't get – and Grant new teams so he could get targeted. I just, I'm not, i again, I'm not saying for for the value, Courtney. If somebody wants to just draft him That's and right. and do the stare down every week on their roster, by all means, in, enjoy. Who's gonna blink first? Enjoy it. I don't want to. I don't want
2: to. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing about Brandon Fowle. If you're in a deep, deep, deep league, yes, it's value. His ADP is crazy. I get it. I get it's it. Crazy. But Tyler Boyd only dropped ten of his hundred and eighty-two targets over the 2014 and 2015 season at Pittsburgh. No, no, it's college. I'm just saying, I'm assuming that his quarterback was not a future Hall of Famer. No, but they
0: don't play, like, man-on-man man like they do in the NFL. I it's know, not, they I don't know. Have competition I, like they do in the NFL. I,
2: I know, but I'm saying this been. guy is known for his hands, and he'll be in the slot, and Brandon Liffell is going to be downfield, right. and is not known for his hands. It'll be a boot a boot, a boomer a bust kind of player, but... Right. If you're best ball, I'd I'd take him in a heartbeat.
1: It's true. Yeah, if, and if you're in a deep league, by all means, stash the guy because he is potential of good games. And I do think the wide receiver, two in Cincinnati is going to get some looks, and historically they do well. I and we're just,
2: all red rifle apologists on this
1: podcast. Love us some red rifle. <laughs> no. Love us some red rifle. rifle. <laughs> but, you know, I just, to me, I'd rather have somebody else that I'm not going to have to feel bad about every week being like, do I put him in or do I not? Is this the week? Is this the week? And then it's never the week the week you don't do
0: it, that's when they blow up. Yep. Which I'm going to feel like this is just how I feel. I'm going to put my two wide receivers together on the same team. I'm just not drafting a wide receiver from the Denver Broncos this year. I'm just not going to do it. Although you can get them a much better value in this year than you did last year, there's a reason for that. It's not going to be pretty. It's just not gonna be pretty. And we saw Demarius Thomas how he was last year, and he could have a bounce back year, but it's not looking pretty when you have Mark Sanchez um doing that. So I, I just wanna say right then, those are my two. Brandon, who do you have?
2: Well, I would say Mohamed Sanu, he's a Falcon now, for those of you that are joining us now for the official kickoff of the fantasy football season. It feels like July 4th, which, by the way, we're going to be every week now, her fantasy football, every week. Every week. Um, Now here's the deal. Uh, We all know and well, well, I'm also recording late. We all know that... Kyle Shanahan cannot be trusted with a wide receiver two ever.
1: <laughs> it's like ever. when is she gonna get to it?
2: I, it, it? took too long to build up, but I did it. I Kyle Shanahan.
1: There is no wide receiver two in a Kyle Shanahan offense.
2: None. So why are we talking about Mohamed Sanu? Why do I even need to say his name? It's not going to happen. His biggest year was in 2014. He caught 56 receptions for 700, 790 yards and five touchdowns. That's the ceiling, folks. And now he's with Kyle Shanahan as a wide receiver, too. No, thank you. I'm out. Also, we have him at 57, which I think is generous. I think it's actually Adam, lower than most people. Wide receivers. Yeah. No, we decided we, yeah. we cut off his knees. Sad. Mom, and We respect your talent. Kyle Shanahan. I'm Does dirty. Chris Hogan's become a popular sleeper du jour of the 2016 season, which I know de jour means day, but you know what I'm talking about. Thus far, he is doing well in camp. In fact, someone actually said, quote unquote, he's the best receiver at the Patriots minicamp and by quite a bit. Yeah, I'm sure, because Julian Edelman's not there, Danny Amendola's not there, <laughs> yeah. Lewis yeah. isn't there. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Okay.
0: I love mini camp talk. Me too. I love camp. mini camp talk. It gets no one's ever no in mini it. camp. Ooh. For those of
2: you that don't know, they're not even in pads. They're in t-shirts and shorts, running around catching the ball. Yep. We do that on Thanksgiving. Stop. you your
1: ass. Useless.
2: Stop. Here's my problem with this. There are too many people that need targets. There's Dan. There. There's Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, Rob Gronkowski. Martellus Bennett is also a sleeper. There's Dion Lewis, the pass catching back, who's supposedly gonna be amazing. But then there's the pass catching specialist, James White. You name it. Like, I mean, and then Tom Brady is suspended for four games. What is happening with Chris Hogan in this picture? No
1: thank you. Moving on.
2: What is happening?
1: I do like I do think Chris Hogan was a perfect pickup for the Patriots in terms of Patriot football, Not. Fantasy. I think he's a great athlete. He's a great athlete. He's going to fit yes. into a Belichick offense perfectly. He's that kind of guy. Belichick is so good at bringing out the best in a player, and I think he he will bring out the best in him in terms of real football. But when we're talking fantasy, like you said, there's too many big targets there for to really take a dive on Chris Hogan at this point.
2: I just named 25 people who are going to get more targets than him. I don't understand what we're talking about. I will say though, when they play the Buffalo Bills twice a year, in daily play. Him. You start him. You start him. Belichick loves that stuff. Oh, he loves loves revenge. Especially against Rex Ryan. Oh, it's going to be glorious. But But before we move
0: away from wide receivers, I just want to answer at CJ13Carlos on Twitter. us At HerFantasyFB. Who do you guys think has the bigger upside, Mike Evans or Alshon Jeffrey? Ladies. Mike
1: Evans. Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. I hate myself.
2: He gets a 1,000 targets. At some point, it's got to click.
1: Yeah, it's a matter of volume because he gets thrown to so much, it doesn't matter that he drops the most passes again, I believe over 50%. Um, because he catch the 50% he catches exactly is still 50%. more targets than most people. So you got to go Mike Evans. And I do think Jameis Winston will be better this year. He'll be a little bit more in tune with the offense. And they're they're just just improved in general. So I think naturally it's going to be a better year for both of them.
2: I'm not going to call Jameis Winston a charmer, but I will say that um, he has improved on the football field for sure. I mean, I think that his rookie season broke a lot of records. I think he's going to do a great job his sophomore season. I think Mike Evans hopefully will get it together. I do like Alshon Jeffrey, but you guys, I mean, we're Broncos fans. John Fox is extremely conservative with his offense. I think the ceiling is lower, I guess is my thing. I agree. Courtney made a face, though. She doesn't agree. Um, But I love Alshon Jeffrey. I just...
0: Yeah, I'm on the fence with Alshon. I'm not going to be staying away from him, but I'm not necessarily, he's going to be one of my picks. Yeah. Um, Which is kind of how I feel about Mike Evans as well. But Mike Evans just seems like he has, even though he drops more balls, he seems like he has the hotter hands. And maybe that's just because Alshon was injured last year and I'm still like like, in rehab mode myself with him. Um, You know, but uh, yeah, I think it is Evans. I just think that that offense is really conducive to him and he doesn't have Cutler throwing in the ball, so... So always pluses. During our show throughout this season, you guys will hear us always say kickers matter and they do. And for that I'm putting them in the middle of the show, so you have to listen to us talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. Now, keep it to only one kicker, ladies. I know we love them. Brandon, who's your favorite?
2: Or at least? Chris favorite? Boswell was supposedly in a battle to keep his job, but Sean Squeezum got a knee injury. Sad. Sorry, Sean. Uh, but it's official. Chris Boswell is the kicker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have him at 11, and that's fine, but he was a kicking superstar last year when he did play. He kicks less extra points, but he does kick a lot of field goals. So I would say now you can draft Chris Boswell without any hesitation, Uh, but I think the number one rule for kickers matter is that make sure they're on the team and that they got the job.
1: That's right. Absolutely, yeah. And that's one of that's the reasons right. that I did the kicker rankings. I had him a little lower, is because he doesn't, the Steelers go for the most two point conversions. And, yeah. and Big Ben was out a couple games, and we had some running back issues as well. So they probably would have gone for even more two point conversions. That's the only reason I was a little hesitant. On no, Chris I think well. that's good. And I don't even know if I'd rank him
0: that high because I'm pretty sure the Steelers are going for two every single time.
1: But he kicks. But, but, he's, but he's, he's
0: accurate. He is, is accurate. accurate.
2: Yeah. Um, and that's where the good points are. We want those five-pointers, not the
0: one-pointers. That's true. Which I'm about to go into with my guy. Justin Tucker... Is one of my favorite people, really, in general, Um, but also one of my favorite kickers. He also plays fantasy football, and he drafts himself, and he plays himself every week. And that's a good sign for you, because he feels confident enough in putting himself in his his lineup. You should feel comfortable putting him in. Um, He only missed one kick under 50 yards and made all the extra points, which we all know this last year was not easy for some kickers to do. He does struggle making kicks over 50-plus yards, so... If you are in a league where that you get negative points from missed kicks, you do need to be aware of that because Baltimore does like to go for it. Yeah. So they had 10 attempts of 50 Our rolls last year. So it, and so that's a lot. And if he misses 50% of those, that's, that's a lot of negative points going your way. Um, so hopefully they don't. We have him ranked number third, and he's the fifth kicker off the board, for most draft boards. Um, but I think I, I enjoy him, and I won a championship with him last year. So
2: I'm all in. Nice. And who, who lost Brad Evans the championship? Yeah, Brad Evans that from Prater. Yahoo, if you want to tweet him. crater Prater, please. oh
0: yeah. That was because of his Prater, not my Tucker. Yeah right. yeah, right, right. Kickers matter, people. Kickers matter. <laughs> Ashley, who's your kicker?
1: So I've talked about him in a previous show, and I'm just really excited about Roberto Aguayo. Did I say his I name am too- right? I can never seem to say his name right, but I'm, I'm pumped. Despite I can't say your name, I'm pumped for you. Um, the Bucs have also placed a high value on him as they trade up, as we talked about, in the second round to take this Florida State kicker, which is unheard of that <laughs> people pick up a kicker in the second round. Like They had to really do some justification on that one. But he said it's his favorite kicker in, in all of collegiate football, and he wanted him. And they've had some struggles in the kicking position at Tampa. So I mean, his collegiate career was quite impressive. He was the most accurate kicker in NCAA history. History, Maybe History. 267 of 276 kicks. Like Courtney said, he is effective in those long kicks, which is important to you as well. Like she said, know your scoring system. Always, always, always review your scoring system before a draft. Um, and with the field goal being pushed back, accuracy is more important than ever. And the, like I said, the Bucks haven't had a decent kicker in a long time. So to be able to count on three points... It's something that will be new for them, and I think they'll be excited. They can maybe actually think they're going to get three points when someone actually goes for a kick. So, you know, this is also an offense that certainly isn't a guarantee that if they're driving down the field, they're going to for sure be in the red zone for a touchdown attempt. So this is the perfect kind of guy you want to pick up where the offense is just good enough to get you in field goal range but can't quite seem to convert to get a touchdown. Those are the field goal kickers you want. There you go. Well, let's
0: move on to a position that's not as fun to draft now that everybody's doing the running back by committee BS that has taken away all of my fun. So, Brandon, who do you like for running backs this season?
2: All right. So I like both Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell. Of the Cleveland Browns, don't kill me. Cleveland did win the NBA title this year, so I feel like maybe there's some good mojo that's rubbing off here. Uh, you know, listen, I... Uh, Cavaliers I, won the NBA. Is that, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah,
0: Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so
2: that's... Cleveland, yeah. And Cleveland. All of everybody it's, won, in it's, that. Everybody won it's, that. It's rubbing yeah, off on everyone. It's true. It's good juju. Cleveland doesn't fine, win anything. I feel no, like it's like never. a beautiful thing that's happening. sure is. You know, Duke Johnson has the most buzz. He's going the highest in drafts. People are like, oh, my goodness, this is so exciting. He's going to be the Giovanni Bernard in the Hugh Jackson offense. And I agree. I agree completely. Unfortunately, Jeremy Hill has outscored Giovanni Bernard in every single type of format over the last two seasons. So Isaiah Crowell going way lower than Duke Johnson makes zero sense. Um so there's that. I, I guess here's my deal. I, I think Duke Johnson is an amazing athlete, and um, you know, to be frank about the Jeremy Hill, Javante Bernard debate, each player cleared 700 rushing yards last season. Yep. Bernard caught 49 passes for 472 yards, and and that's great. So you can look for Hugh Jackson to try to do that with Duke Johnson, and I feel great about that. Also. Duke Johnson um, was right behind Amari Cooper for the most catches out of any rookie last season, period. Uh,
1: So there's that. There's
2: that. So I enjoy Duke Johnson, don't get me wrong, but I also enjoy Isaiah Crowell, and I think that you can get both of them at a pretty good steal, and I think this is going to be a run-first offense much like a lot of what Hugh Jackson does. And I think he's going to concentrate on his number one wide receiver, which is going to be Corey Coleman. The best handcuff in the game is D'Angelo Williams. I am just going to say it. As far yeah. as I am I am concerned, sure. I think that if you draft Le'Veon Bell and you do not get D'Angelo Williams, it's just sad. He is the gold standard of handcuffs. He started 10 games in 2015 and put up 907 rushing yards, Forty receptions for 367 yards and 11 total touchdowns. Amazing. And I just want to be clear: a handcuff is very different than a pass-catching specialist. So, uh, Duke Johnson, who we just spoke about, he's a pass-catching back. He's going to be involved regardless. Uh, a, a handcuff comes in. So the only problem with D'Angelo <laughs> Williams, he will get you zero points of leaving if, if he is not. If he is not yeah. in, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Charles Sims is not the handcuff to Doug Martin. Doug Martin, if he goes out, Mike James comes in, and then there's also maybe more of a load on Charles Sims. But Charles Sims is involved regardless. It doesn't matter whether he's in or not. And Charles right. Sims is a great uh, flex play. Yeah, D'Angelo Williams is not a flex play. So that's no. my only bad news for everybody: is that he will get you zero points or twenty. Right. But hold on to him. It's worth it. It's worth it, worth it, worth it. So. Ashley, what about you?
1: AP, he should have another good year. And I'm hopeful that he'll be more involved in the passing game. He certainly has expressed an interest to in be more involved, which is kind of the first time he's ever expressed an interest in being involved in it. So that's that's always a good thing. Um, his age doesn't concern me, and it shouldn't concern you. He was the second highest scoring running back last year, despite being th- over 30 guys. Despite oh, no. dying, he was still able to be the second highest scoring running back. Which I
0: said at the beginning of the season. Um, and you did. And you did you not did. like you AP. Did. And I said, no, listen, AP's legit. For all those Bran LaFell listeners, they're wanting not to. Well, I think it. I was still oh, concerned sad.
1: about the switch and everything. There is no, no over
0: comparison to LaFell and <laughs> the really know, not. Yeah. Just oh me my. being correct. Just me being right.
1: Is what right. I so yeah, AP, there's no reason for you to, to doubt it. Lamar Miller, he is finally in a situation where he can succeed. He was the sixth highest scoring running back last year and that was another year where he was not really let loose and where they really relied on him and gave him confidence. Now with the Texans, they will have to rely on rely on him, excuse me, to get the run established to take some of the heat off their new quarterback, Brock Eisweiler, you've already discussed that Not say I don't have confidence, but again, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have to establish that run, and the running game will have to be strong to balance that offense in order for them to be productive at all. Again, minus. DeAndre Hopkins is just quarterback proof. But he's going 17th overall in his I'm sorry, 17th overall, and I think that is a pretty good place for one of the few solo backs in this league because, again, as Courtney said, there's a lot of committees, and Lamar Miller is not even remotely in a committee of any sort. So this Finally! Is, you want to get guys that aren't committees, and, again, they're going to have to rely on that run. We're talking about dislikes too, Courtney, or just people that sure, we like? Sure, right you, yeah, you keep going. Elvin so Gordon, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, I I just can't. I, I think he will have a better year this year, but I don't want people risking picking him up. I'd rather take a slightly lower pick and have like a Danny Woodhead who's going <laughs> a little bit lower, or you know, mm-hmm. and you. I'd rather use that higher pick for somebody more reliable than Melvin Gordon. For example, Gordon is going in the seventh round. I would rather wait and take Giovanni Bernard in the eighth, as we just discussed, Giovanni Bernard. He's always good for about 800 yards, no matter what. Yes, he's a pass-receiving back, but he's still included in the offense at all times, whereas Melvin Gordon is, in theory, you know, he is the bell cow back, but he hasn't proven to do well, and that offensive he line is horrible. He's got fumble issues. Save yourself a spot and, and go with one round lower and take Bernard instead. You know, that's my feeling. And then I'm nervous about the DeMarco Murray-Derek Henry situation uh, just because, you know, they are the epitome of the committee and the coaches have already expressed that they're going to vary week by week, which gives you zero assurance of what's going on. Yes, I do think that DeMarco Murray will get the bulk of it, but I do think Henry could be a touchdown vulture and that's going to be very frustrating all season long for you.
0: There you go. I uh, finally have a position where I have a decent player in the top five, so I'm just going to go for (laughs) it and say Todd Gurley. Yay. I know it's moments. So I was talking to talk about him a little bit because it's an obvious choice. But some people are down on him because of his schedule this year. Um, He is in a tough division, but San Francisco is not San Francisco anymore, right? So we can eliminate them. He was in a tough division last year. Right, yeah. and he, he he dominated, and he obviously proved that he can do it. Arizona, their second run of Arizona, isn't until Week 17, so he, most people don't even have to worry about Arizona because yeah. you don't even play in Week 17, so you're fine. And Seattle yeah. doesn't always stop the rush. He, can, he he did just fine. So I am not concerned about Gurley. I, I think he's going to be great. Um, he was the fifth running back in fantasy points last year in Standard Links, and that's with missing three games. So... I think he's going to be doing just fine. And I think he's worth the money. I like bargains. I'm a bargain person. But girly I think, is worth it. I also like Eddie Lacy this year. The whole gain is back, you guys. And when the whole gain is back and healthy, we learned from the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody... Everybody gets fantasy points. You get fantasy points, and you get fantasy points, <laughs> and you get fantasy points. Then it's good, guys. Jordy Nelson's Look under, out- your chair. Look under your chin. There's fantasy points. Um, Jordy Nelson's only going to spread the field more, but that and that's great, and that's going to help Eddie Lacey. But what's really going to help is that offensive line is healthy this year. And Eddie Lacy has dropped pounds. He's coming to camp he, healthy. He's coming to camp healthy. He you know, he looks good. The offensive line looks good. Jordy Nelson is back. Eddie Nelson, I mean Eddie Um Lacy is doing P90X, which is so exciting. Aaron Rodgers has a new diet with no dairy. I feel like this is a match made in heaven. I'm all about it. Eddie Lacy. Who I will not be drafting is Jay Ajayi on any of my team. Really? The guy doesn't have a kneecap, you guys. Let's just not forget this, the man doesn't have a kneecap, and he's a running back in the NFL. I just want you to think about how that would make your leg feel running every Sunday. (laughs) It's not going to be good. He will get injured. He will die. Brutal. And I don't want him on my team. I'm sorry. And we all know how running backs have done in Miami lately with the confidence thing. So he has no knee. And they're not going to build his confidence, and he's a sophomore. Sophomore slump, Jay Jai, not my dude. Also, the Dolphins have the toughest schedules for running backs this year. The toughest, the absolute toughest. So.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan either. I don't hate him, him but I just, I'd rather pick other options. Cutting him out.
0: Also, Carlos Williams may not be the starting running back, so I... I of the bills, obviously it's McCoy, but we talked about this handcuff thing earlier with D'Angelo Williams. Uh, Carlos Williams is not my favorite handcuffed this year. Um, first of all, he's coming into training camp overweight and he's blaming his fiance's pregnancy. That's um, a real deal,
1: man. Sympathy it is,
0: weight is real. Okay. Struggle real happens.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: But you're getting paid
1: to be. I have felt sympathetic dollars. for every one of your pregnancies. Yeah. Though. I blame you. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. it's like you're I'm talking to sure one I... lady who has had babies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: pretty sure true. that's what yeah. happened since my wedding. Is you pretty got pregnant, sure. Courtney? Yeah, so it
0: is. It is. You're all welcome. You're all welcome. Um, also, they have a really <laughs> hard schedule too this year, and it's just not my
1: favorite um, running back coming into the season. So. I think he's someone you might change your opinion on coming as we get closer, right? Because some of these guys again come into camp heavy or yada yada. Um, but by the time that it's a guy that I would preseason be really up. rolls around, they're in better shape. Yeah,
0: but like we have that we have that draft here in a couple days, and I don't think I will be drafting Carlos Williams. Um, Right just now. the fact that, like, yeah, in, it's a deep league, so everybody's kind of picked up. So you don't really have many options when season starts. But I just don't think, to me, it's worth it. So I'm going to step away. Tight ends. Da-da-da. This is, could be the most frustrating position to ever watch. And we have a lot of very strong feelings about tight ends. We could basically have a whole show every week on just tight ends. But we're going to have to limit ourselves, ladies. You get two tight ends you're allowed to talk about and rant about,
1: and then we need to move on. Ashley, do you want to start us off here? I will. So Travis Kelsey and Tyler Eifert are two guys that, while had successful seasons last year, they still have so much more to give. And that's what's really frustrating when you watch them, is you're like, they can do better, they can do better. But numbers-wise, they were, they were fine. Um, you know, Again, it can be frustrating watching them because you want them more involved in the offense. Eifert didn't have a ton of yardage last year. He only had 615 yards, which, again, isn't terrible for a tight end by any means. But he did have an impressive 13 touchdowns. He was a golden child in the red zone. Hard which, to repeat. Which was, you know, it is hard to repeat, which was the most by any tight end last year. Now, if they could get him more involved on in the field and not just in the red zone, he could light up this year. Like Brand said, don't expect 13 touchdowns. That That's Crazy numbers. I think Gronk had 11. I mean, so it was was more than Gronk, and Gronk usually has the most. But I do think that he could be a big part of the game again this year. And Kelsey was the opposite. He had 875 yards, only five touchdowns. But the Chiefs just haven't quite figured out their jam yet. And I hope that when they do, Kelsey's a big part of it, and I do think that he will be, because tight end has historically been a big position in Kansas City, and I hope they go back to that. That's kind of part of Kansas City's allure and what they do. But I do think he's you know, got the potential to be a really big part of that offense. But it's one of those ones I'd want to wait and actually see in preseason how incorporated they are with the tight end. There you go. Last year, you know, we were
0: really down on Julius Thomas and we were right. All mm-hmm. three of us did not draft him and did not like him nope. and he did not he was not what we wanted him to do. Although this year I like him and I like him a lot. Um I think the value is there for him, first of all. People were drafting him as like the third tight end off off the boards last year. No, 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 no. He's coming off the 11th tight end, and I think that's great. I think that's right where we want him. He's coming in healthy. Um, As we said earlier, that because the defense is so much better, the the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't going to be playing from behind. They're not going to have to be forcing the ball down the field as far. And I think the offense is going to be more conducive to Julius Thomas. So that's a good thing. And they're going to have to be able to manage the time. And who better to go to than your, other than your running back than to your tight end? So especially if you're in a receiving, um, you, know, you know, a PPR league, I think he's going to get way more receptions this year. Um, so I, I like him. I also think he's going to get a lot more touchdowns this year. He only had five last year. He had uh, 12 touchdowns in 2014 with the Broncos. I don't think he's going to have 12, but I think that 10 is possible for him. I really do. So I'm into him. And also don't forget about Zach Miller. He's another one of my favorites. Bennett is gone. Miller is all they have. Um, he had 439 yards and five touchdowns as a second tight end last year. And, but he averages 12 yards a catch, which is great. His ADP is 159. So great volume. Hello. Great volume. Great volume. Brandon, what do you think?
2: I'm trying to get Zach Miller in every draft that I've ever done. I love him. I think he's fantastic. But I no longer cover the Bears. I'm sorry. It's okay. But in good news, I no longer cover Tampa Bay, so I don't have to cover the quote-unquote guy I say is not a charmer, so you win some, <laughs> you lose some. You win some, you lose some. Uh, Kobe Fleener needs to be owned in all leagues. We have him at 7. It's respectable, but you know what? The Saints brought him in to be the pass-catching tight end. They miss Jimmy Graham, in 2014, Fleener caught 51 passes for 774 yards at 8 touchdowns. That was his pinnacle. Uh, I think that's the floor, though, for him this year, because from 2011 to 2014, Graham averaged 88.75 receptions for 1,099 yards and 11.5 touchdowns. So think of Fleener going somewhere in between there. Either way, that is top 10 territory for tight ends. And I think he has to be owned based on the volume. It's going to happen. Breeze and,
1: likes his tight ends and Breeze is getting older too. So tight ends come in real handy as you get older and you lose a little arm strength.
0: He hasn't lost anything. Breeze is the best quarterback. Breeze is
1: great. I'm just saying he's also old. Like, you don't know bad. season by season. man. It's...
2: Every year I say until this guy throws under 4,000 yards, okay, I don't yeah. count him dead yet. The guy's even dead.
1: He leaded it in yards again last year. I'm just saying he likes his tight ends. He likes the oh, offensive formation. He likes the cross-the-field across the field passes, and I think he's going to – I agree with you. Fleener is going to do great this year.
2: Yeah. No, and, and we agree. I'm yelling at the fantasy ether, not you. Okay. Um, but the fantasy ether thinks he's dead. I do not. Uh, don't sleep on Clive Walford. That's right. They like him in Oakland, and last year he was a rookie, and rookie tight ends never do well. Over the last 10 years, only seven rookie tight ends went for more than 500 yards in a season. That's right. That includes Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, you name it. Only seven went over 500. Only one went over 600 yards. That was, yeah you're not going to guess this, John Carlson of the Seattle
1: Seahawks back in 2008. (laughs) I was like, you loved it back then.
2: They've never clipped 600 yards, a rookie tight end. That's that's reality. Now, I mean, listen, Walford only caught 28 passes for 329 yards and three touchdowns. But 235 of those yards and two of those touchdowns came in the last eight weeks of the season. I think he's actually going to do well. I like Oakland in general this year.
1: I think for where you could get him, that's great.
2: Yeah. He, he was
0: on one of my teams last year that won a championship, so thank you. Mm-hmm. I love Clivey. Clive, And it's a fabulous name. Um, in the NFL, they are known for defensive winning championships, but in most fantasy leagues, you don't end up playing the defense that you end up drafting at the beginning of the season. It's just kind of switch and bait, switch and bait. I mean... But so it's not necessarily crucial that you draft an amazing defense, but if you do, that's fabulous. So, Brandon, who's a defense that you like or
2: dislike this year? You cannot take the New Orleans Saints no matter what the matchup is. In any scenario, <laughs> I'm just True. trying to. Make sure that that is one that you cannot stream. That's a hard fast
1: rule. And hard, fast the other rule
2: is now Dallas, you cannot stream them either because every single person in the starting lineup is is suspended. suspended. I mean we just might as well say everyone. Four, but everyone is a lot of suspended people. Um, Arizona is my favorite defense of the year. That's right, you heard it. In general, okay. they're awesome. Uh, number five in fumble recoveries, number four in interceptions. They give up the seventh fewest points per game, uh, but they're going to play rookie quarterback Jared Goff twice and a Colin Kaepernick or Blaine Gabbert-led Chip Kelly offense twice. So good. And that's so good. Four games out of the year where I'm streaming them automatically, that's even four if I'm double-digit
1: guaranteed games.
2: Bring it <laughs> out there. So they're my favorite defense of the year.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I too do love Arizona and I love the Chiefs. Those are my two favorite but I don't cover yeah. either one of those teams. So I'm gonna go a little deeper in the defenses here and say the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is the most improved defense this offseason. They picked up two of the best players in the draft, Ramsey and Miles Jack. They couple, You couple that with the return of first-year injured player fourth overall pick in the NFL draft Dante Fowler, and then you add two free agents, Gibson and Super Bowl hero Malik Jackson. I mean, this defense is so, like, all-star all of a sudden, out of nowhere, that it's, like, amazing. This is just, like, a huge turnaround. It's huge. Um, So, and they have the fourth easiest schedule for defense. Nice. So that, to me, is just, like, amazing. Even if you just want to, like you know, pick them up throughout the season, they probably will still be there um, through the first three weeks. So I I really like Jacksonville. I'm into them.
1: Nice. Ashley? Mine were a bit more obvious because I've got some really good defenses, so I had a hard time. Because it was a tough call for me between the Seattle Seahawks and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, as they were both able to either retain or backfill any of the positions that they lost from last year's stellar group so it's not a concern when you're looking at fantasy numbers sometimes you see a defense and they did really well last year but then you find out they lost five players and it's a completely different defense that's not really the case in these two situations so you know Seattle's been consistently at the top but the Chiefs were able to produce more turnovers, which is what you're looking for in a defense. They were both top fantasy defenses, finishing fifth and second, respectively. And I would expect just about the same kind of numbers out of them again this year, um, as none of the t- the defenses directly right near them have drastically improved. I think they those guys that are all in that top five mail shift a little positions here and there, but for the most part, that the top five defenses same as last year. Um, and so I don't think you can really go wrong. Again, most people, it depends on your strategies. I have some leagues where I have two, I draft two defenses and I flip flop each year. And I've got some leagues where I stream every single week a new defense based on the matchup. It all depends if you grab a top defense, you're obviously not going to drop a top defense to stream a different one that week. Um, but again, you got to have a really good defense to not be looking each week as to your matchup. Agreed.
0: Well, that's our show, you guys. We broke down all of the positions, our favorites, and our least favorites of players coming in to uh, 2016 season. So we're going to be here every week, as Brandon mentioned earlier, so make sure you hop onto our YouTube account, listen to us on iTunes, give us a nice little five-star ranking, and leave a nice comment. would be muchly appreciated. And hop over to HerFantasyFootball.com, subscribe to us. Our rankings will be up or they are up now and will be continuing to be updated throughout this off-season. And our draft cheat sheet should be up um, by the end of the month. So awesome. Thanks again for listening. Tweet us at HerFantasyFB. Talk, talk to us on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. And until next time, no more faking it.